Hello and welcome to Des and Marco, the podcast that has been called Hey, That's Awesome by Mr. Mobile himself. I'm Marco. And I'm Des. As you guys may have guessed, we were totally hyped that Mr. Mobile thought our show was awesome. So thank you very much. We're honored. Technically, he didn't say our show was awesome. He was saying that the fact that we mentioned him in one of our episodes was awesome. I, I'm taking this as a compliment. I don't care. Full disclosure. I like it. But first things first, we got to drink our beers, Des. So what did you pick for this week? This week, I think it's the first time I am repeating a beer. And I'm not repeating the exact same beer. I'm just using the same manufacturer again. And uh, this beer is from the local brewery Fierce Beer. And this is a small batch edition, which is a variant of one of their beers called the Maple Pancake Pale Ale. And this is the Bourbon Maple Pancake and I don't know how many they've made, but the special thing about it is that it is brewed in um, Kentucky bourbon barrels for epic bourbon mapleness. How about you? Wow. It does the opposite trip of, remember, um, so a while back I went to visit you and we went to the Highlands to visit a couple of whiskey distilleries and there was IPA whiskey. So I guess this is the opposite process. Yes. So we tried a whiskey which was finished off in IPA barrels. It was delicious. And this is a beer which is finished off in a, a Kentucky bourbon barrel. I actually wanted to ask you whether we can drink more beers from the same brewery, because that would help a lot. I like how you need my approval. Well, we make up the rules as we, <laughs> as we go along. But anyway, so following um, last week, you mentioned that uh, one of our fans had complain that we don't do mainstream beers so i went for a super obscure beer this is a belgian one i can't remember whether we have belgium already or not but this is the saint bernardus pater six 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 yeah i guess there's more so i'm guessing there's at least five more so this is a dark double beer you know what that means i'm gonna be drunk by the end of this yay <laughs> without any further ado let's get drinking cheers Mmm, bourbony. Wow, this is a proper winter beer. Wow. <laughs> wow as in, wow, this is strong? Or wow as in, all right, no, leave it to the end. I wish you guys could see his face. I'll leave my review to the end. You know what? I'm actually going to pour this into a cup because first impressions are promising. Ooh. That's not uh, Dennis going to the toilet. Can you put a toilet sound effect? <laughs> okay, Marco. How about you kick off the now traditional and world famous news segment? Yes, and it's funny you say kickoff because then we can also talk about touchdowns, which has been all over the news this week. And by touchdown, we mean that there will be not one, not two, but three countries <laughs> touching down on Mars this month or this coming month. Indeed, correct. Here I was thinking that you might be talking about something else, but no. Yeah, like kickoff, touchdown. There's nothing at the beginning of February that, that has that. But have you heard about a subreddit about superb owls? <laughs> no. R dash superb owl. Yeah, it's about owls. But I digress. The big news is that for what seems like almost the world first, we have three countries which will be landing missions on Mars within the next two weeks. And I don't know if this was planned due to some planetary motions or whatever, 
But uh, we have a newcomer on the block, the United Arab Emirates, who, with the help of U.S. academic institutions, is launching the HOPE probe to assess the atmosphere and surface of Mars, and I think for further studying uh, water on the planet's surface. And uh, this is the, not quite the maiden, but one of the first big missions. And the rocket itself was built between LA and Boulder, Colorado, between two universities, funded by the United Arab Emirates. And it actually took off from Japan. So it's a very international project, but ultimately financed with the money from the United Arab Emirates. So they seem to Put their flag on it. Yeah, it's it's their flag on the ship, essentially, even though they don't have their own launch platform. We're space buffs, so it's interesting news. But the mission will be followed shortly after by China's space agency, which is sending off a mission called the Tianwen-1. Loosely translates to questions to heaven. I'm fluent in Mandarin. Man of many talents, especially after beers. You can just talk Chinese straight off. Damn right. But sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. Go ahead. I'm really hyped about this mission because it's a world first. Because this rocket slash probe slash mission is is a lot of things. It's actually a five-ton rocket, which will be orbiting Mars. They'll be sending a probe, and they'll also be sending a lander all in one rocket. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, they really stuffed that rocket full of... Full of things. Lastly, and not least, um, NASA will be sending its own rover, a new rover, the first one since the famous Mars rover missions, which were, well, beginning of the millennium. This one is called the Perseverance, nicknamed Percy. NASA and the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, they already have quite a bit of experience, and they're, they're sending quite a few uh, rovers there. I think this is the fourth, fifth. They sent Spirit Opportunity and others. I can't remember. We'll edit this out. As I mentioned, we're quite interested in the space industry and space in general. Should you too wish to explore the cosmos, an opportunity may be coming up. Yes. So not only rovers and probes are going into space, People as well. For the first time in 11 years, the European Space Agency is going to be recruiting new astronauts. They'll be working, these new recruits will be working alongside the existing uh, roster, of which there are a couple of that I really like, like the, the Italian ones. And they will play a role in the ESA's uh, future. So they'll have a press conference for Tuesday, February 16th, where they will uh, basically explain what the program will be and what people will have to do to uh, apply. Just out of curiosity, is there a specific background that they want? Okay, I didn't read the whole press release. I don't think so, but uh, I guess we'll know more after the press conference in, in mid-February. So if I say, like, podcast host on my application, well, am I going to be bumped up to the front? Yeah, because we're hosting the same podcast. If you get chosen, I get chosen because, you know, that, like, you can't really podcast if one person is in space and the other one isn't. So to record, we would either have to both go or or not. I'll let them know. I'll see if they're flexible. I think this would qualify as a, yeah. And also, for example, in terms of physical ability, I just went for like a really long walk. So, you know, I can handle quite a lot. Jokes aside, we will one day have an episode about 
the private space industry. And we're going to talk about uh, things like SpaceX, which is obviously in the news a lot. Bloom Origin, which is Amazon, not Amazon's, Jeff Bezos's private space company. We've got obviously Virgin Galactic, which is planning on taking tourists to space. And there's other Russian initiatives and Chinese initiatives as well. So we'll one day have a pretty in-depth analysis of the future of space travel. Yeah, again, it's a topic that we're both very passionate about, so we'll definitely talk about it. In other news, so just when you thought that the cyberpunk and CD Projekt Red saga was over, there's more. (laughs) So unfortunately, they've been hit by a cyber attack. So CD Projekt Red, they've been victims of a targeted attack. So the a hacker apparently logged into their, their servers and downloaded a bunch of data, not only related to the games themselves. So apparently there's like an unreleased version of The Witcher 3, but also code for Cyberpunk 70, 2077. But the hacker also claims that they've had access to CD Projekt Red's documents. So everything including counting, administration, legal, HR, investor relations, and so on. It's not entirely clear what the what the hacker wants, but uh, they want to basically reach an agreement in exchange for not releasing this information to the public. So they've already said that they're going that they've notified the authorities and they're and they're making backups of all their stuff. But uh, these guys can't catch a break, huh? No, they can't. I did read that what was slightly different about this scenario is that obviously big companies have been beefing up their security and CD Projekt Red, like any other company worth its salt, has been making regular backups of its servers. So the fact that that got hacked is not an issue because they can back it up and not give in to the hacker's demands. But that threat of deleting their hard drives and their servers is called ransomware, i.e. they say, give us money or we'll delete or not give you access to your servers. So that's not an issue because they have backups, which are safe. But they're also using what's called docsware, where they threaten to release the data. And the problem is there's no guarantee that if you pay them that they're not going to do it in the future anyway. Yeah, exactly. So that's an interesting topic in itself. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. But uh, it's it's really sad to see them go through this as well. One thing that the hacker said is like he threatened that if the information is released, their reputation or their image will go literally down the shitter. And I mean, it's not like they're doing particularly great in terms of image nowadays. So <laughs> I don't think it can get much worse than this. But yeah, I hope they get to solve it and they can put this behind them. You mentioned The Witcher 3, and moving on to our next bit of news, Tesla, which famously is now allowing you to play The Witcher 3 in their cars following the latest update and revamp, they've come out out of the blue, I say out of the blue, almost out of the blue, and have committed to investing $1.5 billion into cryptocurrencies and promising that in the near future, you will be able to purchase Tesla's via Bitcoin. Really? First big major company to sort of validate this cryptocurrency. Wow. 
Okay, that's interesting. Also, because I was reading in a, an article that basically Tesla's a little bit in trouble in China. Tesla's been summoned by five Chinese regulatory agencies to answer questions about the quality of the Model 3 that's being produced in China in Shanghai. So they have a massive factory there. Um, is being questioned by the, the Chinese authorities. So one of the theories is that they've uh, decided to invest in Bitcoin as sort of a let's talk about this rather and let's not talk about the China thing. So it's kind of like a news to hide an unpleasant situation happening in another place. I have another theory. You know how Elon has got into trouble in the past with tweets which have been considered market manipulation, i.e. I think he famously said that he was thinking about taking Tesla private at 200 or 400 or something funding secured. Yeah, which apparently got him in trouble within the company and outside as well. Exactly. But Bitcoin is completely unregulated. So he doesn't have to answer to anybody. So if he buys $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin and then hypes it up, he gets into zero trouble because no one regulates it. Okay. You're suggesting this could be a move to kind of like take his company and do whatever he wants. This isn't a commentary on the validity of Bitcoin as a thing. But at the same time, it's an incredibly volatile asset. And I think any company would have to seriously consider it if they're willing to invest in such a volatile asset, which may, you know, a year from now could be worth nothing. Yeah, true. We know that his tweets are influential. And if they would guarantee that the price would rise and then he could dump it and make a guaranteed profit, I think it's a little bit dodgy. That's interesting. Well, I mean, still on the topic of uh, cyber currency that's being tweeted about by Elon Musk, in this week's news, Dogecoin made the headlines. How do you pronounce it? Is it Dogecoin? Doggycoin? Dodgycoin? Um, Okay, so if you go to dogecoin.com, there's a video explaining what it is, and it says Dogecoin. So I'm going to go with that. Okay, cool. And for those of you who aren't familiar with it, I only have a rough understanding of um, this particular cryptocurrency. But when the various Bitcoins and Ethers or whatever were becoming popular, they created a joke cryptocurrency called Dogecoin, which was obviously modeled on a popular meme at the time with the Shibu Ina dog as their mascot. And it was only meant ever to sort of give as a token to other people as a gift and sort of just as validation, really, like a tip. It wasn't ever meant to be worth money, but now it's worth money. Yeah, that's right. So the, um, and again, the world of cryptocurrency is mostly unknown to me. We were actually talking about it, about this the other day that I wanted to buy a Bitcoin and it's now like 35,000 euro. So I decided not to. But yeah, like all of a sudden, this cryptocurrency that was sort of made up for fun as kind of like a parody of of uh, Bitcoin started getting really popular. So the, I guess the the community started trading it a lot. And then Elon tweeted about it. And so, and he made a number of tweets to the point that now the value has like tripled in the last, uh, in the last few days. I wonder if his response to the price rise on his comments of Dogecoin inspired him to then invest in Bitcoin. But who knows? As I said, this is speculation. I don't know anybody's real motives. And nor am I going to 
suggest there's some sort of conspiracy going on. No, 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 it's not a conspiracy. Or at least I wouldn't assume it's a conspiracy. What I find funny is that they've created a currency out of nowhere. And now because of social media, it's getting popular and the value is rising. Like I find this really curious and it kind of relates to what we were saying in the episode about, um, about the GameStop stock that value is already becoming a different kind of concept. Super interesting to hear. Okay, enough about news. We could go on forever talking about cryptocurrencies and it may be a topic we will revisit in the future because I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. It's an interesting topic and it's definitely very current from my side at least. I need to do a bit more research before I am confident talking about it. But let's completely turn the page and there's do you ever have those days that you're in the mood for Western, but you're also in the mood for sci-fi, and you're also in the mood for, like, a good mystery? Oh my god, have you been watching Firefly again? <laughs> no, I was watching Legally Blonde. Oh, yes! <laughs> yeah, so, you may have guessed what I'm talking about, but in a um, continuous search for something to watch during the lockdown, I stumbled upon Westworld. Have you seen it, Des? I know you've just finished the first season, so I'm happy to talk about Westworld, but I have seen it all. It's three seasons, right? They've just finished season three. Also, like with you, it's crazy because every time, like, I I don't know, like a few weeks back when I watched all the all the Bond movies, you were like, how do you find the time to do this? And then whenever I talk to you about any game or any movie or any TV series, you're like, oh, yeah, I watched it two years ago. Like everything. Westworld came out, what, four years ago now? You're not exactly at the cutting edge of releases here. Yeah, but I had a life before. Like, I was going out to bars and, <laughs> like, I was having beers outside, not on a podcast. What do you want me to say? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. Just... Anyway, um, Westworld is awesome. Everybody should watch it. Like I said in my tacky uh, introduction, it's a mix of sci fi, western, and mystery. Basic plot is. Um, that sometime in the near future, I think it was like in the 2050s, a couple of scientists develop robots that they're called hosts and that they're basically humans. Like they look like humans, they behave like humans, they're given human characteristics. To monetize this, they open a giant park, which is called Westworld, where people can just go and hang out and it's like being in the West. Only that all the characters, like you're a character in a Western movie, novel, book, whatever. And you get to live however you want. So like if you want to be an outlaw, you can go out and shoot people. If you want to be, like if you just want to go to, let's say, the brothel, you can do that. And like it offers people the chance to interact with robots, but that you can't really tell they're, they're robots. So like you get to feel like a hero. And that's the whole the whole point. And... There's like three, four different storylines and they all intertwine and then they all come together at the end of the first season. And it is awesome. And it's based on a film from the 70s and it's created by Jonathan Nolan, so the brother of Christopher, who's co-written many movies with him. And oh my God, it's so good. I was blown away by season one. I am not going to lie. I was hooked Well, you've seen it, and it's been around for a while, so I'll give a few spoilers for season one, but I'm not going to give out any spoilers for season two or season three. Yeah, please don't. But the balance between storytelling, which you believe to be in the present, and then as the season goes on, you realize that there are some scenes which have occurred in the past, 
And you kind of get the big reveal towards the end of a season where characters from both past and present, not that they merge, but you realize who is who and it kind of, it all makes sense. Yeah, you understand the link between all the different storylines. And that first season is great. Yeah, the way it all comes together at the end, it's just, it's brilliant. But then the whole concept of the story, because, so one of the main themes is that the hosts, so the robots that inhabit this place, they're not self-aware. So they don't understand where they fit in the world. They just do what they're programmed to do. But as the episodes go on, you start understanding like that some of them are glitching. And you don't know why. And at the beginning, you just think they're glitching. As the story unfolds, you understand the reason. And it's just, it's mind-blowing. Plus, the acting is great. There's a couple of really good actors. Like Ed Harris plays a really cool role in it. And Anthony Hopkins, he's the scientist that creates everything. And he's just brilliant. Because up until the end, and even past the end of season one, you don't know who the good guys and the bad guys are. Like, they all kind of... They're on the, let's say, on the verge of being either. And you can't, like, it's it's like it blows your mind because you don't know who to side with, even after the end. I think one thing to realize is that the world exposition is great. Now, we don't see the outside world in season one, but we're led to believe that it's a, a place of great disparity between the haves and the haves-nots. And Westworld is essentially a theme park for the very rich. It allows you to fulfill your wildest fantasies and unfortunately that seems to bring out the worst in the guests in the sense that you know they come in and they have you know wild sex uh, they go on murderous rampages all under the belief of zero consequence yeah they become extremely violent and so obviously the humanity that the hosts end up learning from is the worst aspect of humanity. Yeah, that's right. And at the beginning, let's say it's you're led to believe that every time a host dies, he or she is just reset and put back into this world. Because, you know, like a big aspect of the series is what happens in the offices outside of the park. So, you know, like when they have to, let's say, like rebuild the hosts after they've been murdered or decapitated or whatever, and, you know, kind of resetting them from a personality point of view. Or, you know, like I, it, an example that, come, that comes to mind is there's one of the main characters. She's a host and her father starts glitching because he finds a certain object in the park and he starts glitching. And what they do is just replace him. So the next day or the next cycle, this woman gets up and says, hey, like, hi, daddy, how are you doing? And it's another it's another host. Just but to her, it's the same thing because she's been programmed to say hello to this to this robot anyway. And then like one of the things that that happens is that she starts remembering, remembering that she had a previous life and she had or this other character the who plays a prostitute, she's um starts remembering, like she starts waking up every time she dies and wakes up like in a in let's say behind the curtains and she kind of remembers every time she dies, which is not supposed to happen because hosts are supposed to be like completely blank every time they restart their story and she starts remembering before she was turned into a prostitute that she was repurposed as a like as a mother in the prairie yeah so it's a great series which explores the rise of consciousness and not necessarily the most revolutionary ideas because the concept of robots becoming sentient is not new but 
the world building is great. The filming and the storyline and the storytelling are all great. Season one of Westworld was great. I am not taking anything away from it. But it doesn't hold up well in season two and it doesn't hold up well in season three. Like season three, it starts to go really crazy. But the good thing about season one is that you can just watch that and the story kind of ends. I mean, it leaves a little door open for what happens after, but season one as a standalone season works. As in, they don't leave anything, like you could end it there easily. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. It's really good. And there's loads of religious parallels. The people who create the spark, they're compared to God because they create the park, they create the people that populate it, and the hosts are compared to people. And so it, there's like a comparison of like the host being Adam and Eve and then gaining consciousness and leaving the park. So it kind of leaves you with this theme, which is super interesting. And like I, I couldn't stop watching the first season. It almost reminded me of The Matrix in the sense that the first Matrix was fantastic as a standalone movie. And the movie ends, as we all know, with Neo realizing he is the one. The Watcher is left there with a sense of, so now it begins. Yeah. And I found that Westworld was very similar. You're watching these characters which you grow to understand slash love slash empathize with. And then there's that moment at the end where everything falls into place. And I don't want to say the revolution, but like you realize that the robots are now sentient. Like this is the beginning. And even though it's the end, it's the end of a series, but you get the impression of like, this is the beginning. Yeah. But they could have ended it there and it would have been fine. Just like in the Matrix, because the Matrix, what, what were they called? Revolutions and Reloaded? They were terrible. No, I think they were called Matrix Crap and Matrix Crappier. <laughs> yeah. Also, they're filming uh, the fourth one. Have you seen? Yeah, which I think is going to be called Matrix John Wick. Or it's going to be called Matrix. We, there's still a little bit of money we can make off of this. But yes, so as with the sequel to The Matrix, which I understand the parallels are quite loose, so please don't send us hate mail telling us that Westworld is nothing like The Matrix. Or send us hate mail. We'll, we'll take any kind of attention. Direct it to Marco, then. Direct the hate mail to Marco. He's happy for it. Yeah, season two of Westworld is still good, but it starts to get a little bit crazy with intermingling storylines and time frames. And then season three, I think, loses the plot. Like, some plot decisions don't make sense, and I feel like they're still riding the success of the first season. I mean, we could talk about this for ages, but don't you think a lot of series are victims to this? As in, like, they start off really strong, and there's, like, a good story, and the story goes on, and it carries on. And then you can almost tell that in the background there's, like, executives saying, okay, we need more of this, so go make another, I don't know, 10 episodes. And people just don't have enough ideas what comes to mind is, for example, the last one or two seasons of How I Met Your Mother, when you just felt like, okay, I just want to meet the mother now. Like, I don't care about the rest. Like, just get this over with. Or even the last couple of seasons of Friends were just not good. because, But they had to keep going because they were huge. Like, in this case, they did the first season for of Westworld. And it was amazing. And then maybe that's why the other ones don't live up to the standards, because whoever's writing them is just not as inspired anymore. I think that's a possibility. And sometimes what's left untold is better than what is told. 
What I really loved about the ending of that first season is that I've said this before, you got the impression of like, oh my God, this is all just got real. But then in season two and season three, you see what that real is and it never lives up to the hype. Like expectations are always better than reality. Yeah, of course. By then you're hooked on what's on, on the story rather than just by like being amazed or just, yeah and so you just keep what like you know what comes to mind okay this is like it used to be my guilty pleasure back in the day where i used to watch Grey's anatomy at the beginning it was like compelling and it was like so many stories and then by the end like i would realize that it was absolute garbage but you just wanted to know what would happen to the characters and then they just kind of like killed them off all of them and that was uh, whatever yeah but then like you, i think it's a case of commitment you've committed so much time to these characters that, you know, you just want to see the story end. And I think the producers know this and they know the ratings have remained fixed at several million, hasn't gone up or down. So they just stretch it because they know they've got that guaranteed audience. The worst thing is when you're aware of this, when you're like watching something, you're like, this is terrible, but I, I, I just have to know what happened. On this sad note, shall we talk about our beers? Yes, please. I am so, so, so satisfied with my beer. Whoa. I've never heard you say that in this podcast. You guys might know that right now, Northern Europe is under a snow wave. It is like minus six outside right now, and that's pretty cold. It's snowing. There's like a good foot of snow outside. And this is a rich, tasty, tangy beer. It really does kick off those notes of uh, Kentucky bourbon. Like you can feel that sort of bourbony undertone. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a very rich ale as well. It's quite a strong beer at 7.4%, but the combination works really well. It's a nice amber, dense, cloudy color, and the texture is good. The flavor is good. And my only regret is that it's a small batch beer because it's fantastic for winter. Fantastic. So I would give it a solid six. five out of six. Uh, <laughs> wow. Is it like it, it's a Scottish beer? A Scottish beer from uh, Aberdeenshire uh, called Fierce Beer. I think if you can't get this one, which is a small batch edition, try their Maple Pancake Pale, which will probably be similar in flavor. But no, it's very good. And again, this is something to drink in a cold climate. And it's very rich. And it's great. Wow. How's yours? Now I think I want to try yours. Can I be honest? I'm not particularly impressed by this beer. It's, it's too heavy. I don't know. Like, it's a dark beer it's pretty strong it's advertised as a chestnut brown dark beer with creamy head i don't see myself drinking this uh this one again so not too impressed i'm gonna give it two uh, out of six and that's the whole point of our beer database guys so if you want to see the beers that we've tasted don't forget that we keep track of all of these beers with a few helpful notes and our scores and all the information that you need about them if you want to do get in touch don't forget we have twitter at desert marco instagram again desert marco and send us an email on desert at gmail.com should you wish to be a little bit more formal and from now you can also listen to our episodes on youtube so just search for desert marco and you can uh, like and subscribe you've always wanted to save that didn't oh my you? god you have no idea how much <laughs> <laughs> leave a like and subscribe those help us out a lot allegedly i don't know we haven't made a single cent from this it will, it will help us make the channel grow <laughs> yeah
Target is 1,000 subscribers by the end of the day. Okay, so we're only joking, guys. This is all for your benefit. If you guys want to re uh, watch it or listen to it in the background, we're trying to make it as accessible as possible. But quite frankly, if it's only one person, we're happy. And I think that's it. Uh, we've spoken about the space industry, the current situation of crypto coins, which we will explore later in the future and Marco's introduction to Westworld. But otherwise, thank you, and thanks for listening. Thank you. See you next time. Germany.